0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, with the holidays here, we decided to keep up with the panel discussions, as sort of a rounding out the year kind of thing. So this panel discussion is from the Axe Moon Film Festival. Uh, once again, much like last week's panel, this is hosted by JK of Horror Happens Radio. The panel was comprised of 12 filmmakers who were in attendance, including Lindsay, whose film Beneath screened alongside them. They discussed their films, their filmmaking styles, and talked about what it's like being a woman working their way up in the horror industry can't stress enough how much of an incredible time we had at Axmoon, and how we feel that if you're a woman making horror films, you really should be submitting to this festival. The atmosphere is unlike any we've ever felt at any other show and we absolutely loved it. So please check the show notes for a full list of all the filmmakers who were on the panel and what the names of their films were. Here's the panel discussion. I hope you enjoy it.
1: Think the easier thing to do than having uh, the most amazing recall possibly ever is to go around and each lady to introduce yourself um we'll go left to right start over here
2: um hi i'm lindsay serrano my film was beneath hi uh,
3: hi i'm julia Berkey, and my film was
4: gemma's monster I'm Ashlyn Clark, and my film was Childer.
5: I'm Steve McMorris, and my film was Strange Harvest.
6: Hi, I'm England Simpson, and my film was Prelude, A Love Story.
7: I also did
8: that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marina. Um, I wrote and directed Entropia. I'm Nicole Solomon. I did Mare.
9: <laughs> I'm Monica estre I did Flesh.
10: I'm Christina Rea. I did Enough.
1: Worthy. I'm going to give up. <laughs> um, I am JK from Horror Happens Radio and Horror Hound, among other entities, and been again proud enough to be up here each year of Axel. Um yeah, I want to hear questions from the crowd, so please, we've got about 45 minutes to play with. It's so crucial not only for the questions I might have, the answers that are coming from these amazing women up on the stage, but also what questions you have, because you've seen the films, they've impacted you, we wanna hear from you. So think about them, raise your hand, we will get to them. I I think the best opening question would be, talk about what it is to be here, and what it is to have this platform to be able to show your short film. Um, Not only the aspect of just showing, but to your peers, to filmmakers, to fans, and more. Whoever would like to answer the question, just raise your hand or jump it right off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm picking that I, <laughs> I knew you sure. were gonna point at me. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, this is amazing. This is actually um, the second time I've screened Beneath. Uh, the first time I'm screening at a genre film festival, which is awesome. Um, and what a response, that was amazing. Um, you know, to have a platform like this I think there's a lot of stories that um, we want to tell as women and I think that having a platform that's open towards women's stories uh, is really important. I think right now we're still going through a transitional period in our culture and and society that is awkward and I think it's a little uncomfortable and I think that a lot of people are sensitive um, on both sides. of, of. gender role on all sides of the gender roles and sexuality roles. Um, this to me is really incredible because uh, when I was in film school I actually made a rape revenge film as my thesis project and they screened it in my class and my professor instantly did not want to do a Q&A, did not want to do a discussion on the film, and actually pulled me aside after class and his take on the movie was that she was a serial killer that was luring men In, And he didn't think it was an appropriate topic for school. Meanwhile, this is a date rape situation where she defended herself and killed him. Um, So to have something like this screen with women who are completely supportive and understand the humor and understand kind of where the story was coming from, it was actually really healing for me. So
1: thank you. (laughs) Who (laughs) else?
5: Go ahead. Uh, it's my first time screening at a women's festival Uh, yeah and it's just like really exhilarating and to be listening to women's voices um, both through their art and through the the Q&As and like talking to other women in genre film it's just I don't know, you look on the screen and there's female characters who are like just whole people who have lives and stories that are worth hearing and uh I don't know, it should be like this all the time. I just thought
11: it. <laughs> I just love that we all have something in common. <laughs> we all love horror and we have a perspective that, say, that male teacher, wherever he came from, is saying, You can't do that. That's already a problem. <laughs> it's already a big problem, uh, like you said, we're facing today. Um, so, this is a but it's a safe space, and I think everyone is very open to like. There's someone sewing up a vagina. <laughs> uh huh.
3: <laughs> but it's you yeah, know,
6: it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I think festivals like these are uh, they're necessary because our voices, we representation is key, and I say that a lot. You'll hear me say that a lot as an African American woman. But uh, just females, we need to be representative. We tell great stories. And the, the one thing I love about female filmmakers uh, as an actor, I find is that we are willing to collaborate more. Mm-hmm. With like cast and crew, we're willing to collaborate more. It's not like, this is how, this is how I wrote it, this is how it has to be. We're willing to uh, put forth the creative effort together. So I love it and the energy. It's just, woo, yes, <laughs> yes, go right at home.
1: If I may say something real quick for anyone else, Um, I work with The Theory, I work with Women in Horror, I work with uh, Female Eye from Toronto, and um, all of them have an incredible energy and independence and a great um, support towards the filmmakers, but this is the one spot that you can come to all year long where you feel like it is not only a safe space, but the aspect of a place where you can flourish and a place where you can be heard, and I think that's something that's very unique to the aspect of film festivals across the board, because it's not always like that. So for me, as a, a man, the white man, you know, it's wonderful to be here and be amongst this incredible energy. Who else would like to uh, throw anything in there, or we'll move on? All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, last night I brought up even before I made introductions the aspect of sound, sound and score are so crucial because you can go ahead and have a beautiful picture up there but if it's not something that ranges with the ears it can even be pushed away no matter what the message is (laughs) going across the board here everyone has a unique way of handling sound and score and if anything i can say just about just except for yours christina the aspect of music flourishes against the stories so who would like to talk about sound and score and what it meant to your particular project as a filmmaker, I see these faces.
12: See, also, Go ahead.
7: We work really closely with our composer, his name is William Mitchell, and he's phenomenal. And we we are from Nashville, we came from Nashville, but we are not musicians at all. We have no idea, <laughs> no and he's like, yeah, and he's really incredible, and and that's always, we always get with him really early in our scripts, because or in our process, because, we know that like we can only take it so far and the sound element is so important. And this, this one's a really fun one because it's like diegetic sound plus the non-diegetic and it has to move things along because we don't um, have dialogue and it it really is the dialogue in a lot of ways absolutely
12: and so even when we were in the final stages of writing the script we had already reached out to Bill and he had written not the final piece that she's dancing to but we were just like exchanging pieces of music back and forth going what kind of thing is she dancing to and obviously Halloween was a big inspiration for us so we were just like listening to John Carpenter on repeat (laughs) and just I mean it's It's a huge process we're working on a um a a piece that surrounds itself around in organ right now and we've already said before we write the script we want to hear what bill thinks when we just pitch the idea to him and so it's it's very collaborative as that was brought up earlier we're very all about collaborating with our
8: our crew
1: absolutely anyone else for the aspect
8: yeah go on Um, on, sounds really important in my film because of the fact that there is only one character and so sound takes up a lot of space as well as the fact that it's all, exter- Oh, it's all happened afterwards, the ADR, all of the sound, it was all done afterwards and I was wondering if Evan, my composer, and he did all of the sound if he wanted to nice say job. just a couple words about the sound?
11: Um, yeah, it was just a big challenge, um, the ADR, cause, um, syncing it with the Bolex, because um, the Bolex doesn't really run. At the flat rate, it kind of um, speeds up and slows down with the, as the crank comes to an end. Um, so,
1: that, and the, and the fact that it's so loud that we can't take audio straight from the source, have to do an F effect. It was, uh, yeah, it was a big challenge. What, post-production? Yeah, it was very time intensive, yeah. I have no doubt. I have no doubt.
5: <laughs> also, the star of your film is right here, if you can stand up.
1: Most welcome. Um, What else? They so hand up there about Sound and Square. Yeah.
9: So the music and flesh. um, I was really fortunate to have a lot of uh, friends that make amazing music, um, and I wanted to. uh, I want people to like step into this world that I definitely inhabit. Um, So I used I used to throw punk shows um, in Chicago, and I started a show called Black and Brown Punk Show, um, which highlighted. Uh, black and brown folks and punk and metal and experimental music and just pretty much like the whole DIY scene Um, and I wanted to give like I wanted people to like step into this world that a lot of people don't really like see especially if you're not like a part of that scene specifically Um, and each song um, definitely represents a moment of the character in the movie because it's kind of like a self-narrative of like how I've navigated uh, subcultural spaces as a black queer woman. and music has always been super therapeutic to me um, to get through a lot of like situations, like whether it has to deal with like uh, patriarchy or like the ills of like white feminism or like you know all these other things that are just like coming at me in this way. I use like that music to heal and to like create like safe space for myself. And like, um, I just feel it's really important to also give credit to my friends who like also help me in my healing process. You know, and, like. Giving them like that that um, validation that the work that they're doing is and much appreciated, even though it's not like um, heard on like a massive like scale. You know what I mean? So like their art is like definitely um, something that I want to share
1: with the world. Hey, I was thrashing in the bathroom. <laughs> but I, that's one thing, real quick. You know, there's plenty of independent filmmakers that go ahead and do exactly what you did. But they don't do it as well because they kind of incorporate it wherever it, it's placed. It has no rhyme, it has no reason, with the aspect of what you did incorporating music that's not for everybody, but it fits what it is and it really makes an impact. So that's it, it's incredible to see the sound and music that you put into it that really, really gave a whole new perspective to your project. Um, Nicole, yeah. I, I had said to you and they had said to Sean after I saw it about the sound edit. For mayor, mm-hmm. can you talk about that? Because especially towards the end, with the goals, they're laughing at him. They're they're really it, it really is a great build and really adds another layer to the character. Can you oh, talk about you. that? You're
13: welcome. Yeah. Um, when Sean and I were first writing that script and conceiving of it, we were putting various constrictions on ourselves, both in terms of being able to keep the budget down, real right. real low, well, but also because um, sometimes having those kinds of restrictions breeds creativity. And for me. I tend to default to writing a lot of dialogue and working also a lot with melodic music in the score, or I've also done shorts that were like, written to go with a song, and that's been a big piece of it. And we're like, we're gonna, no dialogue, we're gonna tell this story with no dialogue, no music, but we're gonna design the hell out of the sound to tell the story and to set this like, increasingly off dream state thing. And so we were trying to make that how uh, things are slightly off-kilter and get increasingly off-kilter and scary throughout the course of the, like, four minutes or however long that is. And, um, yeah, like, the goals, they are supposed right. to be, like, they do get louder. The ocean gets louder and stops being as relaxing, starts getting more menacing. Um, Sean found some great NASA space sets. Raise seconds. your hand, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't recognize yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he layered like outer space noises in there and like they don't to my ear, when he played that for me, I was like, That doesn't sound like outer space, it just sounds like off and weird. And so there's all kinds of stuff that we layered into that to try to make you feel increasingly uncomfortable throughout the thing. But it starts a lot more naturalistic, but still a little artificial. So yeah, that was very much a part of it from like the beginning. It, it, you know, one
1: of the reasons why sound means so much to me is because I'm colorblind. Um, so when I see the visuals, I see the colors on the screen. It doesn't. It's not the same perception as others. So for sound, sound means a lot to me, especially when you deal with music like that. I grew up with music with the aspect of punk and rockabilly and stuff like that. So before we get off the topic when we take your questions, I want to talk about silence real quick. Did you want to add something to the score? Okay. You I want to put I like wanted a... to say
5: that we also use NASA space stuff. Right <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's a really good resource. Like the rings of Saturn are just very
1: eerie. <laughs> We've taken it to a whole nother level here. That is awesome. Can we talk about silence, silence, and the aspect with, with children as well as enough? There really is nothing. There really is no score. There really is the aspect of very much quiet. And it fits the characters really well. Could, could you talk about the aspect of what the sound design meant to a film where it really isn't
4: audio? Well, I think, um, first of all, I think with fil- the, my approach to films, I, as much as possible, I want to tell the story visually. And I, I, I think that's silent films, for example, like from the silent era. You get some really amazing kind of operatic films that have this whole... Spectrum of emotional storytelling and there's no dialogue at all. There is usually... They were usually accompanied by some kind of a score, but I think um, expressing emotion and an emotional story with just facial expressions, particularly I like close-ups, I like the face. I trust that as humans we can look at another person's face for longer than we'd like to. Right. And a lot is communicated, especially if you've got a really good actor. So I think that for me that is the ultimate if you can t- if you can communicate the emotion which is what films are essentially about at their core is communicating some kind of an emotion to the viewer and if you can do that as barely as possible in, in a totally filmic way which is just visual and for me the face is the central part of cinema in general then you've done a good job so i try to do that you know i try to um, not lean on other things too much right. although i do really appreciate a good score and good sound design I've done a lot of radio work as well, so that's purely uh, an auditory medium. But, yeah, it's something I try to do in my films is to, if I can have at least one moment where I've communicated uh, the emotional tone of this time and place and this person, this character, with just, especially just their face, then that's what I want to do. Christina. Um, So, sort
10: of similar, um, but also with this film, the film that I screened last night, night didn't um, it's completely musically driven. And I shot enough about a month and a half after I shot and didn't with Screen last night. So I was kind of like not in the mood for music. I think that played a role in like why I chose to go in a different direction with enough. But also, I, I'm a fan of like slow pacing and silence and stillness. And I wanted to play with these characters that are sort of hyping themselves up for something. And so they're just very like quiet and very um, they're waiting, and they're sort of anxious and waiting for something. And the audience is also waiting for something, and so I just kind of wanted to play with that, with like just sort of atmosphere and less music. And so it's, you're not really being guided emotionally through the piece, but just sort of watching and waiting in a way that they're waiting to take action, um, and that. So there's sort of that mix of like I me mean, just not really wanting to deal with sort of. A composer and everything that right. I, I had just done with uh, and the needed. one before that too? and the one before that
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah there's like those two things going on at
10: once and I, I think it works I, I it was I I like to use short as a way to experiment with different things and so like nighting is very different from enough and part of it was me experimenting with a different pace and a different style a different tone and um, and just something different.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyone else want to add to that? And
2: yeah, Um, I actually worked with um, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, me and my husband's favorite podcast is uh, the No Sleep Podcast. And um, they have a composer, Brandon Boone. And we're huge fans of the show, and we actually befriended him at a show, and we told him that we really wanted the opportunity to work with him. Um, And he's done a couple of short films, but nothing like the whole short film. So um, when we started talking to him about Beneath, Um, we had a lot of conversations with him where he didn't want to stifle kind of the film itself by adding too much music, and he kind of wanted to have moments for it to breathe. Right. Um, So the way he came up with that is that we did that little theme that we play in the beginning. Um, It's repeated every time you kind of see the teddy bear to kind of enforce the importance of this bear. Um, And then when the bear finally hits the ground, he did this really great, like, Clang, almost with notes, um, but we did have a lot of conversations with him about like leaving room to breathe, about uh, you know leaving the film to breathe and have space so that the audience isn't overwhelmed and they are actually in the situation um, with the characters. So I think it's really important both ways. I think the score is really important, but I think also leaving space for the audience to just experience what's on the screen is important as well. Yeah, um, good.
11: And knock, knock. Everything was very intentional because we had no production sound. Everything was fully in ADR. So.
1: God bless you. <laughs>
11: so the Shirley Temple, the mygetic sound, it's coming from the TV. There's nothing else really. There's like the room tone. But so you're very aware when she pauses the TV, walks over, there's nothing happening. And then the performance starts back up again. So it's like. The performance is based on the TV, and then the electricity goes out, and then there's nothing. And then that's what causes all the sadness and crying.
1: The show's over. (laughs) There's a lot of reactionary sound. In horror, it's always reactionary. But even more, I mean, you look at people um, defying the odds, you know, showing your sexuality, the aspect of going ahead and even just prepping vegetables. (laughs) <laughs> it's very reactionary sound, and for the folks out there, whether it's a scream, a laugh, wherever it might fall, it really matters because it really impacts. Questions from the audience? Good. Okay. Good. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot
7: your name. Ashley. Ashley, um, I've got to say that probably 95% of directors
9: that I've worked with swear against working with children. Um, <laughs> will you continue to work with children did you enjoy it
4: did you have any major issues um well the lead guy the little boy luke he's just a total pro he's as professional as any more professional than some adults I've worked with. So, wow, that myself. <laughs> <laughs> with no concerns at all from the from the minute that i met him i just knew and he was asking very intelligent insightful questions about the script he completely got it and he's just a little professional. He was there on time, ready to go, and committed everything to it all the time. So he was my main guy to lean on and I knew I could trust him from an early stage. The other children were brought in, they were not actors. One of them's actually my niece. And they were brought in friends, kids, you know, just for one day to we only had one day insurance, enough money to pay for uh, the situation in Northern Ireland it's a lot of money you have to pay for insurance when you've got kids on set and you're only allowed to have them. It's important, there's rules here too, I'm sure. You're only allowed to have them for certain Right, amount certain of amount of hours. and stuff. So um, we could afford to have Luke a bit more, but we couldn't really afford to do very much with them. So we had them for maybe half a day, actually, I think. Uh, but they were just, well, one of them was my niece and she's very well behaved anyway. And the other ones, we had a little bit of... I'm hungry, or, you know, uh, going to their mother going, Mommy, what time is this going to be finished That I want to go home. But for the most case, once they were being shot and they were being worked with, they enjoyed it. They liked putting on the big masks. And, uh, they liked, they would ask a lot of questions about, so what am I? am I? Am I like a ghost? Or, you know, and then I can play like a ghost, and then they would try to do a lot of overacting and stuff. <laughs> so, um, i would i would work with kids again i think it's just about i think you know there's there's adults that you wouldn't want to work with again you know um i would definitely work with luke again and i would work with kids if just well picked kids that you know you can trust and i think there's ones out there like luke that are just as mature as an adult and that can handle it so i think yeah it's always a risk no matter what age the actor is relationships and chemistry and stuff but for the most part, we were very lucky, and they were they were really good kids. Worst comes to worst, you bury him in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Question, yes, you have one. we're right in the middle. Go ahead, yes, you, young What's, what's the significance of the meaning of the word childer? Or like children? Children. children. What's the significance of Lots of children? people say childer, but um, <laughs> Irish people know the word childer because it's a kind of colloquial word, especially in rural areas that people would use uh, for, collective term for children, they would say children, and especially if you're being a bit like, if there's badly behaved children coming into your garden and when they're not supposed to be there or whatever and playing up a bit, you would say, those children are around again. You know, it's just a word that we use to say children. And then when, like, she was correcting him and not making him not say that word, that was like... Because I think Mary's whole thing is... Uh, and I don't really... Like... I always think it's not really important what I think because the, the viewer watches the film and I, what I think has actually got nothing to do with it, it's what you take from it. But for me, um, Mary, is her whole motivation is about control. She doesn't like nature coming in. She has, she has Her body produced a child which she ne- didn't necessarily want it to do. She has this child and she tries to take care of him. And on the surface, she does everything right. The house is clean and he's well fed and everything. She ends up killing him, so she's not actually a great mother, but... uh, (laughs) Her whole thing is about trying to control and have everything perfect, but the reality is that nature and just the organicness of that, there's no way that you can keep that at bay. So one of her little quirks is trying to make him be well-behaved and everything in order. So when he says children, she will say it's children, you know, just to correct him.
1: Uh, Wes Anderson influence?
4: Well, I love Wes Anderson, and um, Wes Anderson would, he loves Roman Polanski, and I love Roman Polanski yeah, too. So yes. I like a good wallpaper, yeah. You can feel the ice. even the calendar. You look at the calendar
1: yes. the, calendar the yeah. way it well, is. Well, I had a really good
4: art director as yeah. well, so she made that, yeah.
1: Fantastic. I have questions on the audience. All the
4: way in the back,
1: go ahead. Uh, my
4: question is mainly for um John's Monster. Is your name Julia? Yeah. And yeah. actually probably Rush as well. And, Anyway, just throw it out there, The question is is how if there are a lot of like heterosexually heterosexual based themes in a lot of the movies that you've seen like this these last two days. And yours is very specifically queer. Like how does it how does it feel to have your material up there with
13: all these other because you know, you're the one of the standouts, right? Because you're it's very specific. How do you approach like film festivals that you, you're gonna walk in?
3: Well, this is my first festival like ever to go to s- to have a film in so I wasn't really coming in thinking one way or the other but like in school which this was a school project I'm a sophomore in uh, college at SUNY Purchase um, but I was kind of already used to showing it every day with like all of my straight classmates and it being, about queer stuff, and, like, I was very used to, like, the guys in my class being, like, I don't get it, (laughs) and being, like, I don't understand, (laughs) and so I was, like, okay, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know, I'm just kind of, like, at this point, I'm, like, it's, like, what I know, like, I don't know that much about, like, being, like, a straight person or a straight relationship, so I wouldn't really write about that, so I guess I'm just writing about what, like, I know more about, and, like, We'll see like what happens.
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> Thank you for answering yeah. Questions. Good, right there. Uh, this one's about the strange harvest. Um, so it takes the male character longer to come to his senses than
9: the female character. Is that like so anything?
5: Well, it's intentional. Um, I don't know, I'm just so sick of seeing women used as props to further a man's story. Mm. And so I didn't want him to seize control of the situation, so I decided, like, the, the slug monsters are supposed to be, like, secreting this sedative and anesthesia sort of, like, neurotoxin thing into them, which I don't know if I communicated clearly or not. But, um, like, she wakes up a lot faster. She's a lot smarter about the situation. Like the first thing he says to her is, calm down. Like, the last thing you should be doing is calm down. And, like, there's so many men who, when women are having, like, a very reasonable emotional response to a situation, they're like, just calm down. Like, screw you, you're going to die. So I wanted her to be the one who's, like, trying to troubleshoot this, like, situation of, like, all right, there's some unknowable void, there's weird weird sounds, there's like this thing wrapped around me like, what's happening, who's doing it, what can I do about the situation, and he's just like, I don't know, sort of following along without much impetus of his own, which, um, I don't know, like, I I tried to make them both real characters, but I sort of wanted to flip the script, which I know is like, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of uh, tired at a festival like this, but yeah, I, I just wanted her to be like the action-oriented person and him to be like um, sort of the dopey sidekick.
6: He's never tired. There you <laughs> go. Um,
1: I think this goes across the board for everyone. Talk about makeup and practical effects because every film handles it way different than the others. Some are humorous, some are more the aspect of very serious, Some are some are vengeful. I mean, across the board, it's a very visual representation. Even the aspect, I'll go back to mayor for a second. You know, it it really shows the struggle on several different levels with practical effects. So, whomever would like to talk about talk about practical effects and makeup and the process for your project, or I can just point you out and just start calling project names. So, whomever would like to start.
9: So I've worked at um, a couple of haunted houses, and I've always been like an adamant like Halloween freak, and I've always just had a sincere love for going to the dollar store and trying to make something out of nothing. So it was definitely like one of those like experimental, like DIY situations. Cause like one, like I don't have any money, so I can't like afford to you know do like uh, serious things. But um, fake blood, like everybody should have fake blood if you're like really into horror. I just think that should be a staple in your household. Um, but for like the, the, the kill scene at the end, um, when Ray like kills her, uh, her friend or partner or whatever, um, that was actually pretty dangerous because I was like, I want to show you being stabbed, but I don't want to like buy like a prop knife or anything like that. So we actually just put a pillow over my friend hand wow. face and I like drew a tiny X on the pillow and I was just like, all right, don't move. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So she was totally down for it, you know, I was like, all right, but, um, yeah, that was (laughs) true. (laughs) we have
1: seen the character's journey.
9: Yeah. So it was just pretty much like using what I had. Um, I feel like that's like a very essential part of like DIY culture in the first place. It's just like taking what um, materials that are actually accessible to you and just making the best and hoping that people don't get hurt.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you can
11: make any wound out of liquid latex and toilet paper. You can make anything out of toilet paper and glue or whatever. Like, so, yeah. If you haven't used that before, you make burns, whatever you want. And uh, I know the eye thing in mine is like just a cotton round over my eye, and then just like you build up the toilet paper and the latex, and then you color it. In. So, if you.
1: Maybe we should do a workshop. Huh? Yeah, yeah that's uh, coming up. Uh, Showing Megan has very short
6: video
1: presentation <laughs> on DIY makeup making. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and real quick for anyone else, we'll also have a podcast later on with the Four Mile Circus later on in the afternoon. So make sure you stay around for that. Who else? Who else? Go ahead, Lance.
2: I started off in makeup. Um, so just like you, know, you, I started off in haunted houses. And even haunted houses, you know, a lot of it is because they're on a budget and they have so many actors. Yeah. You are constantly creating things out of latex and paper towels and toilet, toilet paper. Great, <laughs> toilet paper is great for it because it really, once you put the latex on, you like the toilet paper kind of soaks and it creates these That's really, nice skin. Yeah, yeah, beautiful like wrinkles and everything. It has a really great texture. Um, even in Beneath, we we shot the blood out of one of those. It looks like a gigantic crayon that kids get during the summer, <laughs> and you just like pull the end out. It's
7: like so a pool, like, like a pool noodle. Yeah, it's like a pool noodle. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, You just literally pull it out and then you push it, and then you push it down and shoots blood out. Um, so I've done a lot of different you know, do-it-yourself special effects, and you know you you have to do what you have to do with these budgets, but. You know, I, I don't like it sometimes when people kind of like look down on like latex and paper towel. Because, I mean, silicone's great. Dragon skin is amazing. I've had the opportunity to work with silicone um, and it's beautiful. That absolutely is. But if you're lighting things right and you're shooting things right, there's no reason you can't do it yourself with liquid latex. and. The person who's using
11: silicone, silicone
7: probably wants to get
11: paid. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: England? It was budgeted short for sure. Yeah, I,
6: um, I just wish I had more... I wish I had more blood, more everything. But you know what, though? I don't necessarily
1: know if that would have worked. And I say that because mm-hmm. the, the in, I'm talking about makeup of the victims, of the people that are being held there. Yeah. It's a lot different than what we're talking about on there, and it's a lot more impactful. Can you talk about creating, especially being as close as you were with it, mm-hmm. creating something that, that makes a victim that you feel you, you feel like you're in I won't use the word torture porn film yeah. but it feels like that kind of that kind of effects makeup talk about that
6: yeah the one thing um, uh, the woman who did who did our makeup uh, our practical makeup was Jennifer McCollum and uh, the one thing I really wanted her to do was to make it look like especially with the um, actress the other actress I was uh, in the first scene with Vanel I wanted to make it look like we've been there for so right. long that that I mean our wounds are. Healed and scabbed over. I really wanted to get the effect. I really wanted to uh, show just how long we've been there. I wanted you to know, like, wow, clearly they've been in that spot for weeks, months, maybe. So that's one thing that broke my heart. I couldn't have buckets of blood because I, I love a throwback kung fu movie where you cut off a man's arm. Red. <laughs> <laughs> like a geyser. Yes, I love that. I love
10: that.
6: And uh, we just couldn't do that with this film. But... Uh, the makeup I want, I wanted especially with um, God, especially when I slit my friend's throat.
7: I really, wanted that,
6: I mean, yeah, and you know that's my girl too. And I was like, uh. Oh. So I really, I really wanted that really big and just excessive, but I couldn't have that in this film. And uh, I think it's really important for the story because what I wanted isn't necessarily what needed to happen for the story. So I had to, you know, back back a little bit and realize that and just sit down and let the process, you know.
1: Any other comments? Any other comments? Yeah, go
0: ahead, by all means. Effects were
12: obviously a really big part of ours, and I think we definitely set out with the intention of not wanting to do any, um, like, graphics. We really wanted it to be all done with practical effects. Um, and Elizabeth is our makeup artist, and so she couldn't be here today. She was trying to come. She's wonderful. We've worked with her for years. She started off doing everything DIY. A lot of it is still DIY. She's gotten a little sophisticated over the years and is always kind of pushing us to try something new and fancy, which is great to push those boundaries. But um, I think the best story she would want us to tell if she were here is the fact that we did this. um, We were going to shoot at one time and then some crazy things happened with weather and we got pushed and things got rearranged and she never got to meet the actress before coming on set but we knew we were going to have to do this practical effect at the whole stabbing in the eye and right. all of that. So she just Facebook stalked her and sculpted her face based on pictures. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, set and they painted it to look exactly like her. And that I mean, it's just a styrofoam head that she just it like
6: exactly like it looked exactly like It was exactly like her. Exactly right <laughs> her. Like her.
12: But uh, yeah, I mean, it was nothing fancy. It
13: was a, it was seriously just a
12: styrofoam head that she
7: just breaks up. The other fun thing about Elizabeth is we were like we knew we wanted her to stab herself, and then we kind of right. just assumed she would like stay here like this, because and it was Elizabeth was like, oh, what not she take so it? Like, right, yeah. exactly. And like that is my favorite part of it now, and yeah. and just uh, it was so fun to work with her because she gets so excited about it, and and like um, it's a fun opportunity to kind of like let her
1: run wild. And, deliver something insane. Was yeah. the craft service delicious?
9: Yeah. Those
2: eyeballs were edible, actually.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Glad i benefit. Oh, we that. OK. Uh, we're, we've, got, we've got a whole minutes left. stuff. We'll finish with another comment on practical Effects. Yeah,
9: Entropia. Um, yes. i say, like, I'm really glad that you made that movie, because also nice. the de-stigmatization of, like, period blood is, yeah, like, it's pretty great. Um, I just want to know, like, did you, like, when you, like, did like the blood and stuff like that? Like, did you have like different like uh stages of like period blood? Like, you know, like how it's like, I noticed that too, yeah, yeah, like so how it's, like, okay. old blood like mm-hmm. towards like the end yeah, of your cycle, mm-hmm. or and like yeah. you know, like the fresher blood? Like, I'm just really curious, like, how you, yeah, I had a lot it.
8: more of the mucusy blood, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I cut it out, yeah, uh, but uh, it's all edible and it tastes good, I think. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs>
13: Delicious.
8: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be different stages. Um, uh, yeah, and um, even when it's like the like it's probably the stuff from the restrooms probably like been. I mean, it's a gas station restroom, so it's probably like been in there for a while. So some was like getting brown, which it gets like at the end. And if you leave them out, um, you know, they start to brown. And um, I kind of like.
1: Uh, the older, the better. So. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I ask you? Well, this yeah. might be this might be a silly question, but Kronberg, was oh, anything yeah. from from the bird, anything like that, um, influence on, on the creation of the sac and all the, uh, the the pregnancy or the birth, I should say, anything like that?
8: Um, I
11: just like cocoons and stuff,
8: so I didn't really think of it like that. Um, that was very head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like a like like an anti- cool eraser. <laughs> wow.
5: And she was, like, opening the
1: thing that came out of her. It's like a nesting doll. It reminds me of,
5: like, that relative who thinks it's super funny to triple wrap everyone's (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
8: Well, happy holidays, Yeah, Evan did all the... We had three different cocoons to work with, and Evan did that also. He was producer and did the art stuff, except the vagina, which I made out of bologna.
9: Um, (laughs)
1: Filmmakers Network. Enjoy the rest of the evening, the afternoon. We still have the podcast coming up. We've got the we video. We've got the presentation. We've got the Korean right. era. Exactly. And we've and we've got way. more oh. phone <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing women. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you, um, Jay. Yes. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you got some good advice and inspiration out of that incredible panel. As always, please subscribe and rate and review us on your podcasting app because it helps us a whole lot, gets us up in the rankings and gets everybody else to know that we exist. Every little bit helps. So, thank you for listening. Happy holidays to everyone. We hope you receive all of the crazy expensive equipment you put on your wish list this year. So this way, you can get out there and make good films.